fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome into it. It is a Monday setting that tone for the rest of the week, and man, it, I got to get back into serious mode here. Hold on. Got to f- refocus a little bit. Serious mode. Got a zone out here on the program. Get into our zen here on the show. I just spent the last hour uh, with Mark Walters, Armed American Radio, as we like to jump on there every once in a while, and he likes to have me on just about every Monday to kick off the brand new week. Kind of a lighthearted, soft launch into the week, if you want to call it that. And we just spent an entire hour on a gun talk show talking about UFOs and aliens. I mean, why not? And I have been now deemed, ladies and gentlemen, which I'm excited about, I have now been deemed as the official UFOlogist for Armed American Radio. So, hey, all right. (laughs) We know a thing or two here, so welcome into it. Uh, Yeah, we had some fun on that program. If you want to hear, Andy, how does that relate to guns? Well, you'll just have to go back and listen to his program to figure that out now, won't you? Welcome into it. we got a lot to talk about here today on this program as we talk about truth, reason, common sense, have some fun doing it at the same time, setting that tone for an entirely new week. It's time for us to carpe diem all over this place is what I like to say. Bottom of this hour, Judd Saul. He's the executive director for Equipping the Persecuted. He'll be joining us. He left Israel literally days before the conflict started up uh, back in early October. And he was over there working with multiple different groups and individuals. So we'll talk about his experience, what caused, he thinks, in his mind, this ongoing conflict with Israel and Palestine and Hamas and the ongoing ideological debate in the Middle East with the conflict that's been going on for thousands of years between Muslims uh, and Christians and Judaism and how that all ties into this uh, conflict as well. So we'll have fun with Judd uh, talking with him, again, the executive director for Equipping the persecuted. I have to start off a Monday with this because every time I hear the left-wing Democrats, I swear, I promise you I'm going to write a book on this sometime soon. Because, as you know, we like to deep uh, think a little bit deeper on this program, and I laugh every single time that the Democrats use their own ideology to try to accuse Republicans of the same type of ideology and how bad that type of ideology is when the Democrats are doing it themselves. Because just again over the weekend, or was it earlier today maybe, Joe Scarborough on MSNBC had a guest on talking about the Trump rally that Donald Trump was holding and calling out progressives. Calling out progressives with how bad they are and trying to remove them from office and so on and so forth. And using that terminology, that talking point, as how bad Donald Trump is and how he is no better than Mussolini and the Third Reich and crazy radical Nazis and communists from history throughout humanity. Uh, John, um, I, 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 I think... <laughs> Uh, he should probably uh, give some, pay some royalties uh, to Mussolini's family trust because when he starts talking about rooting out communist, Marxist, radical left, vermin, uh, destroying the country, it is, it is, he, he's, he's lifting it from Mussolini and other fascists from the past. Yeah, and from the Third Reich. And uh, yeah. Yeah. using... The 1930s, as an example of anything, is a fraught 
uh, enterprise. So this is used to be. I'm it saying this very, John, it, 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 John, it used to be. It, John, it used to be. Yeah, this is. These are people trying to use really big terms, trying to sound really, really smart, and it really shows how stupid they actually are and how much children that they actually are still in these conversations. I'm a big kid now. <laughs> It breaks my brain. Uh, oh, they're calling them vermin. How many times has the Democrats, the progressives, called Donald Trump a really bad name, far worse than what a vermin is? How many times did we see pictures of a decapitated Donald Trump? How many times did we see the justification of assaulting a MAGA Republican that had a red hat on because they differed in ideology? These Democrats don't grasp that they themselves have been the biggest Nazi And I hate using these comparisons because that's what everybody always tries to do. And it's kind of watered down these terms. But the way that they advocate, just their policies in general, removing the Second Amendment, centralizing education, trying to brainwash the next generation, silencing any type of dialogue or conversation, silencing their political opposition through the legal system that's one of the most corrupt legal systems that we've seen in a very long time. They have the huevos to go out on media and talk about how Donald Trump should be crediting Mussolini in the Third Reich because of his statements of calling Democrats and progressives vermin and how we need to expose them and get them out of office. That apparently is a bad thing. Man, blows my mind. Welcome into it. I think it's hilarious. Watch the left-wing progressives eat themselves alive because of how ridiculous their statements are. That being said, I don't want to focus all the time on that. Let's shift gears into our What's Trending story of the day. What's trending today? (laughs) Oh, I left. I love it. These guys are absolutely nuts. Uh, Okay, Uh, where do we go from there? So one of those issues, by the way, that the Democrats have been all about is, of course, been on the open borders. And we've tried to fight open borders quite a bit, but uh, it may be in the positivity. You know me, I'm the eternal optimist here. Maybe on the bright side, or maybe it's just because we haven't been able to do anything from it. We always sometimes use the idea of, well, let's just let them screw things up, recognize how bad it is, then we'll come up and clean up the issues. The problem with that is that it damages society so badly that sometimes we don't get the opportunity to fix it and get it back the way things were. However... Sometimes doing nothing can be a positive thing. My wife always gets mad at me and calls it lazy sometimes when I don't do something. But sometimes the best course of action is actually doing nothing. And what, <laughs> Andy, what do you mean by that? Well, sometimes the best course of action is letting things play out. Now that Not that we have been just letting things play out, although some Democrats or moderate Republicans have allowed that to happen. and be like, oh, this is great. Let's just keep going down this road. <laughs> but how bad does it have to be, do you think? Before migrants that are coming in after the flooding of the border, migrants that come in for the American dream, once the street paved with gold, the opportunity for everyone, how bad does the situation have to be before those individuals pack up their bags and go back to the country that they came from? Oh, yes. Oh, it's really happening. It's really happening. There are two different stories that I came across today, one from the Daily Mail and one from Yahoo News, both of them relatively progressive news sources that talk about the returning to Central American countries, this one being from Venezuela, because of how bad the opportunities are here in the United States. I know. Say what? Right? When it's so bad here that they don't have an opportunity and they want to go back, that's a telltale sign that Biden uh, policies have failed us and that sometimes the policies are so bad that even we can't fix them and that the immigrants don't even want to have here. According to the Daily Mail, here's what the story says. 
Chicago itself specifically is so unpleasant to migrants that they're going back to Venezuela after being dumped in shelters and have been refused jobs. As according to the article, the city of Chicago has had more than 20,000 border crossing individuals be bused to the quote-unquote sanctuary city of Chicago. We're not even talking New York here. Where they're like, yeah, we can't take any more. Please don't send any more people around here. We can't do it. We have to lock down the stuff, which coincidentally is now Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, is under investigation with colluding with the Turkish government on his election in 2021. (laughs) That's hilarious. So the guy that's called out Democrat policies for being failed on immigration is now under investigation by the Democrat court system for colluding with a foreign government. I find that ironic right there. I mean... That should be telltale sign number one that, oh, you know what? We're just going to go ahead and silence you now. You're talking out against the system. You're talking out against the Democrats. We're coming after you now, and you're going to go to the wayside. We're not even talking there. We're talking Chicago now. Chicago has become so unpleasant, according to the Daily Mail, that migrants are fleeing back to Venezuela after being dumped in shelters and refuse to be paid jobs. According to uh, Venezuelan-born Michael Castellon, 39 years old, I'd probably pronounce that horribly, but that's okay. In his family that have been sleeping on floors of police stations and shelters after he could not afford to pay rent in Chicago because his work permit was taking so long to arrive. The family was renting an apartment through a city voucher program that gives up to $15,000 for up to six months in rental assistance. But once it ran out, they had to give up their living space. The dad also found a job in construction and was getting paid in cash under the table, but was not enough to sustain his family since they arrived in June earlier this year. After five months of rough living with no end in sight, the family decided to pack up their belongings and return to South America, realizing, quote, there's nothing here for us. Now, this is not some right-wing news site. This is the Daily Mail. Here's another story for you from the Chicago Tribune that was shared out on Yahoo News. Over the past five months, arriving in Chicago again as well, Andrea Carolina Savellas, different family with a different name, have been able, unable to enroll her in school. In, Ven- in Venezuela, she said she was lucky she could have attended any school. Many other teenagers started working at an early age to help out their families as well, who often face extreme poverty. But she did not have the same luck in this city that she once dreamed of visiting. The family went from sleeping on the floor of police stations to crowded shelters to a house on the far south side and then back to the floor of a police station after her stepfather couldn't afford the rent. Oh, my. And there you have it, moving back to Venezuela. Now, how bad does our own Democrat policies have to be when people coming from a destitute, corrupt-ridden third-world nation has to leave America and go back there because the opportunities were actually better there than what they are here. And while we've been fighting this madness from the Republican side of the aisle, unsuccessfully, might I add you, because there are some moderate Republicans that continue to go along with the, we need to expand this and let Democrats do their thing. As we continue to battle this issue, maybe it's starting to correct course on itself. Because remember, the private sector always finds a way to correct course and find the best possible solutions by filling in the voids and uh, meeting certain demands. And right now, we're not meeting the demands of the work. We're not meeting the demands of the expenses. The inflation is so ridiculously high. The government programs have run out. And all those sanctuary cities are completely overridden now to the point that they can't sustain any longer. So what does this mean moving forward? We have migrants that are now fleeing and getting going back to their countries, which means The PR team of the Biden welcoming in new people, trying to get more and more people to come in here. 
that's got to start slowing down a little bit, doesn't it? I mean, we could have some PR from the government saying, come in here, we'll take care of you. But when you see people going back out, walking out the exit door saying, yeah, yeah, see you guys, we can't do this any longer because there's no opportunities. And by the way, people don't even try to go in because it's not going to be the benefit that you think the streets paid with gold and that opportunity for everyone. Don't do it. We could see a slowdown in migration. At the same time, this is a major telltale sign that the economy is so bad that you can't even work a construction job getting paid under the table with no taxes coming out and still can't afford a living in the economy, especially in New York and especially in Chicago. These are really, really, really bad things for the United States. But me being the eternal optimist always tries to find the bright side of the aisle here that it's so bad that people aren't going to want to come here illegally any longer because they don't see the opportunity that we once had as a nation. And that's very sad, but at the same time, maybe it gives us an opportunity and a breath of fresh air for kind of a course correction, so to speak, in the nation and get things back on track. And by that time, then maybe we can also have some security measures in place to try and stop some of the illegal flow uh, coming in and actually make it the way it's supposed to be is we can actually handpick a certain amount of people with a cap on how many are coming in the country to allow the opportunity for as many as possible, but truly give them that American dream experience is what they're trying to strive after in their minds. But we have some work to do there. But good golly, this cannot be good going into an election year for the Biden administration when even migrants don't want to be here any longer. And the inflation so high that even being paid without taxes coming out, you can't afford a basic living. What have you done to us, Joe Biden? Good golly. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. You know, Democrats in the media wanted to use the lack of action from the House of Representatives for about three weeks with a lack of Speaker of the House as the talking point for how broken Republicans are. And don't get me wrong, Republicans are still pretty broken. But now it's watching the Democrats crumble before our eyes, not only with identity politics, with the ongoing promotion of Hamas, the anti-Semitism that we're seeing in the nation, which is beyond wild. Never thought I'd see that happen in our nation as well. Uh, But it goes beyond that now. Now we have an identity crisis with an actual policy of what they want to promote. We have immigration that's getting so out of hand and so bad that major cities that are Democrat-run cities that have advocated themselves to be sanctuary cities, welcoming these individuals in, are either now seeing them leave and go back to their uh, third-world country Central American places, I got to be a radio friendly member. Donald Trump got got in trouble for calling places certain things, which they're really not. They're just run that way. They're beautiful areas. But when they're run by cartels, run by corrupt governments, and everybody lives in absolute extreme poverty, then you have a major crisis. And you know things are bad when those migrants that are coming here for that better opportunity are actually leaving because they don't see the opportunity and have to go back to where they came from in that third world poverty-stricken nation that's run by cartels and drug lords and everything else. That's number one. The other part is the fact that you can't even get paid under the table doing a construction job, which, I mean, construction... You get paid pretty decently, even if you don't have necessarily your work visa. You're still going to get paid relatively decent. I work construction for a little bit. I've seen some of the paychecks that these individuals get. 
Uh, and I, you know, probably make more money staying in construction than doing something like radio. But nonetheless, nonetheless, they get paid relatively decent. And when you can't even make a living by being paid under the table without taxes taken out because you can't afford your living, here's your sign. And it's so bad that according to Breitbart News, now the Democrats are scrapping the entire messaging of Bidenomics that we've talked about for a year now, a year plus. And over and over, we see Kamala Harris and we see Joe Biden and we see multiple Democrats trying to pitch this whole concept of hashtag Bidenomics about how great it is with new jobs being created. And that's the only thing that they've tried to run on is look how good the economy is because look how many new jobs that we've actually created. And they've tried to be very suave about that. Look how awesome we are. We've created new jobs. Look how awesome we are. And it hasn't quite worked out since then. Because outside of job creation, the inflation's terrible. Prices of gas are expensive. Prices of food is up near 30% over the past three to four years. And they can't deal with it. So now the Democrats, they want to scrap the entire policy. A year from election time, they're going to scrap the entire policy that they've built their Democrat party on about how successful the economy is. Why? Because no one's buying it. Because no one's actually agreeing with it. In fact, the latest poll shows that only 17% of Americans say that their life is better off under Joe Biden. Which means you have a major PR crisis. And I've told you, the two things that are successful in politics, what are they? A lot of money and a good PR team. But if you don't have a good PR team, it doesn't matter how much money you have. Your PR is going to stink when you actually see people struggling day in and day out. Homelessness on the rise. Crime that's on the rise. Drug addiction that's on the rise. Because people can't handle the reality that they live in. And things are getting worse by the day. So now a year out, after three years of an administration trying to build itself up to something that it's proud of to try and promote some type of positive campaigning next year, they're scrapping the entire idea. They have to go back to square one. What do we run on here? What do we do? Personally, I think this is Operation Joe Biden trips down the stairs while trying to tie his shoe because now they've used him. They've squeezed everything they possibly could out of Joe Biden, and they have nothing left. The economy's bad. You have ongoing issues all around the world you have the immigration problem and you can't say anything positive of what's going on right now so now they're back to square one which really means that it really does prove that they're going to have another candidate go into the presidential race for next year but they have to ride this one out and the approval ratings continue to dwindle continue to drop and it's not getting any better for joe biden so now the question is what do we do democrats they're squirming and it's fun to watch. Well, all they have is, of course, calling Donald Trump like Mussolini or the Third Reich or something. Which, how far is that going to go when that hasn't worked for the last 10 years? Okay. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason meets radio. This is the voice of reason with Andy. Hoosier. Yes, indeed. Welcome back into it. By the way, I was wrong. I gave uh, I gave Joe Biden way too much credit. Gave Joe Biden way too much credit. Fourteen percent voters say that they are better off with Joe Biden policies. Not seventeen percent. Fourteen percent. So I actually gave him a little bit more than what he actually deserved. The latest poll: fourteen percent of voters say they're better off with Joe Biden in office than what they were prior to. I don't know what 14% those actually are. That would be maybe the uber, uber, uber rich. (laughs) And not to play the whole class warfare thing, but I'm assuming that would be the only ones that would be better off because I don't know a single per Or or I take that back. Maybe the ones that are on the very low income scale that are just getting more social programs. Oh, yeah, these are great. All right. 
I just want to continue to live my life that way with a glass ceiling. Totally happy. No personal ambition to be successful or do anything in life. I'm just going to sit here, collect my government check, and live through life. Man, that would be brutal. People are not buying the whole Bidenomics thing, which is why now they're wanting to trash the entire idea. And that really throws out the idea that they're going to have anything successful under the Biden administration. That's why they've been so desperate to try and win over some by doing the buy-offs with student loan forgiveness programs or environmental things or even trying to go more towards the global quote-unquote side and working more with the United Nations. Which is hilarious because with everything falling apart under Biden around the world would be another major failure. But we have to give credit where credit is due with the failure of the Bidenomics messaging because every Democrat has actually been running that messaging for a very long time. And as you know, we partner right here with Americans for Prosperity. And they've been trying to fight and push back against this Bidenomics and letting people know what it really is. And it seems to be working. And you can go to their website, by the way. Highly recommend you do. Go to the website prosperityispossible.com. Prosperityispossible.com. They have an email list there. You can put your email in. They will send you information of what's going on with Bidenomics, what's going on with the economy. And our best tool that we have is knowledge and information. Because in a world of misinformation, in a world with limited information, in a world right now where everything is skewed and biased and manipulated, you got to have the facts. And that's the only way that you can do it. Prosperityispossible.com or americansforprosperity.org. But sign up, prosperityispossible.com and sign up there. You can get all this information on how you, we can actually bring prosperity back to the nation. Because as I said in the last segment, if you can't even make a living off of being uh, paid under the table by working construction with no taxes coming out, we're in a world of hurt, man. That one's going to hurt just a little bit. We'll get Judge Saul, by the way, on the program here in just a minute. Uh, having a hard time connecting with him. But Judge Saul, he's the executive director of Equipping the Persecuted. He actually just came over uh, shortly right before the attacks happened on Israel back in early October. And uh, he was there. He was working with individuals. He tries to work with the persecuted Christians in the Middle East. And uh, what's going on uh, on that front, trying to help them out the best way possible. So we'll get him on here in just a bit. Hopefully we can connect with him today. If not, we'll get him rescheduled for another time and uh, talk about the ongoing uh, violence, the hatred, the ideological division that we've seen in the Middle East, not just now, but for thousands of years and how that actually manipulates. And uh, in a, in that battle continues on. Here on the home front, though, things are in the shamble, obviously. After what we've seen with migrants and the economy and the geopolitical issues internationally with what's going on, the question is now, who will be that next Democrat candidate? Obviously, the Republican candidates are starting to dwindle, which I don't know if you heard the news. I guess that's some some pretty decent trending news. What's trending today? But with Tim Scott stepping away from his presidential campaign, officially suspending that over the weekend, uh, it is sad, but not surprising. I'm a big fan of Tim Scott. I think he's a great conservative. I think he'll, he would do a great job. So uh, now what his next step is, I don't know, other than still being a rock star in the Senate. We'll see if he tries to jump back into the race at another time. But that field continues to narrow with a very definite front runner. On the other hand, the Democrats are doing the opposite. They're expanding their field while the support continues to dwindle. And the Democrats right now have still Joe Biden. Where if only 14% of people say that they've actually done better under the Biden administration, that hurts, man. His total approval rating sitting in the low 30% range, one of the lowest that we've seen for any president in a very long time. That hurts a little bit. And the question is, who's going to rise up and be that, um, who's going to fill that void? Gavin Newsom, for whatever reason, still thinks that he has a shot. And I don't know that he will. Although, 
I don't know if you've seen him in California inviting the Chinese government to come and have a chat with him in California. It's almost like he's pretending to be president on his own right now. Like he's not even trying to hide the fact that he wants to be president and that he's going to just try and, you know, be the high roller, try and be the popular dude in town by inviting the Chinese government in to talk to him as a governor and not as the, the United uh, the president of the United States. Kind of weird, but I guess that works. I mean, I know that we have relations with different nations, but to invite China to come and talk to California is kind of odd. Now, here's the big kicker, if you haven't seen this either, that now they're cleaning the streets up in San Francisco because they want to invite the Chinese government to come and look at San Francisco, obviously where Chinatown is and a large population of Asian individuals. I get it. You're California. You're on the West Coast. You have a lot of migrants and and imports coming in from China. So therefore, you have a large demographic of those individuals. But it took you to have the Chinese communist government to come in and tour the area for you to actually clean up the streets. This has been going on for years under the Gavin Newsom administration with poverty and with the fact that only, what, 10% of people within the San Francisco area can actually own homes because they can afford it because you have to make at least $200,000 to $250,000 to even qualify for a home because of how expensive things are. This is the place where you have to download the Poop app to go to San Francisco because there's people defecating in the streets And you want to avoid those streets. So you download the app to be warned on, hey, don't go down this street because you might step in something that you that's not like cow piles that we run into here in Kansas, where I'm from. Big difference, right? (laughs) Right. Hey, what's your biggest problem in, in Kansas? Well, I don't want to step in a cow pie. Oh, okay. What's your problem out there in California? Well, I don't want to step in a man pie, I guess. If that's what they're calling, is that what they're calling it out there? No? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm terrible. That was that was mean. That was really bad. But it took them for the Chinese government to come out to start cleaning things up. And Governor actually admitted it as well during a press conference saying, well, you know, I uh, why are we cleaning this up now? Well, we're cleaning it up because the government's coming out here. And we've also been talking to a lot of people about trying to keep these streets cleaned up. But it took them to that point to actually, not for our citizens, but for the Chinese government to come out and see the state of living that we're actually living in. Trying to act like Mr. President. Now, the sad part is, is that that PR stunt will probably work. And while Republicans will continue to remember, because being the elephants that we are in the long-term memory span, at least longer-term memory span than what Democrats have, will be like, hey, let's remember the years and years and years on end that California was a a complete dump under Gavin Newsom, that inflation skyrocketed, that homeless skyrocketed, that drug addicts skyrocketed, that the defecating in streets skyrocketed, and it only took him up to the point of needing a communist government to come in and try and look good in front of them to try and be the high roller here and the celebrity status for him to actually do something to clean up those streets. I don't know if it's going to work because we are only a year out from election time, which means we're going to at least remember a little bit of this. But the ones that are all about Gavin Newsom because they don't want Joe Biden, it's definitely going to be a message to them of, oh, well, yeah, look at that. These aren't the droids you're looking for. Everything's going to be totally clean and completely wonderful. I think we have our guest on the line, so let's go to our What's Trending. What do you say? Nope, nope. What's Trending today? He just dropped off. We'll try and get him on in just a minute. Totally okay. Uh, Again, we'll try and talk with Judd Saul here in just a moment. If Gavin Newsom is going to be president of the United States, or if at least he's going to be the candidate for the Democrats, he's got some work to do. Now, he is a very suave talker, a bit of a narcissist. And if you remember, he did hold his own against uh, 
against Sean Hannity. And by hold his own, I mean he just lied through his teeth about the entire thing to make himself look really, really good. And he'll do the same when apparently, I don't know if this is true or not, but apparently he has confirmed that he's going to do his debate with Ron DeSantis on the Sean Hannity radio program or the TV program. And if that's the case, I'm wondering what type of garbage he's going to throw out there because he completely denied the fact that Californians are moving away from the state, that he's actually seen a net growth of population. I would consider that probably to be illegal aliens. That would be that net growth for him because the taxpayers are moving out. The sanctuary state individuals are moving in. And I I guess to him that would be considered some type of net growth. I don't know if that's necessarily the case or not, but uh, I wonder what type of stats that he would throw into that discussion during a debate with Ron DeSantis, if that ever happens, and it sounds like it actually might. If that is the future of the Democrat Party, they have some splaining to do because he doesn't have the best of records. I guess most Democrats don't have the best of records, but he doesn't have the best of records to try and hold up to say that he's done something successful. And right now they're going through that identity crisis with the current administration where they're scrapping the entire platform. And all they have, the only thing that they have to actually show their success is the attempted bailout of student loans and the buyout of student loan programs and the focus on the environmental stuff and the Green New Deal which is essentially the Build Back Better, which they scrapped a long time ago as well, the infrastructure package, which has failed miserably under Pete Buttigieg, and the economy with the Bidenomics that they now are scrapping because it's not good enough and no one has admitted that they're actually in a better situation now than what they were prior to the pushing of the Bidenomics. So I don't know what agenda they have there, but Gavin Newsom can't say anything much better. Michelle Obama, which is the other name floating around there right now, that's the celebrity status, but she doesn't have anything. On the other hand, are they really looking for a quote-unquote person to do something? When 46% of Americans say that they would vote for someone like Dwayne The Rock Johnson because The Rock apparently, which has no political stance and says he's a moderate with no sensible uh, platform at all, 46% of Americans say that they would consider voting for him when we don't even know what he stands for. That doesn't make any sense to me. So again... Politics is in a very weird world moving forward today, and I don't know really how to put that into perspective. On the other hand, the Republicans, they see the approval ratings for Trump continue to grow. The field continue to dwindle with other potential Republican candidates. And it sounds like we might see that Donald Trump nomination coming forward here pretty soon as we get into primary season early in 2024. Got to take a break. One more segment right around the corner for your Monday here on The Voice of Reason. Stay right here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back to it. So, programming note, we talked with Judd Saul. We'll have him on the program next week. He got tied up with some other stuff. Not a big deal. So, we did chat with him during the break. We'll get him rescheduled for another time because I want to give him a supplement uh, a, in a proper amount of time. I don't want to try and fast food him because he's got some great content. Really looking forward to chatting with Judd Saul. So, he'll be joining us on Wednesday next week leading into our Thanksgiving uh, best of that we'll have. Uh, can you believe that, man? Thanksgiving's next week already. Uh, let's just keep this going, shall we? I know that this entire program today has been about all the negativity going on in the world. I don't mean to say this in the sense of trying to be negative, 
but being aware of what's going on. And I'm actually more optimistic than I have been in a very long time. Andy, what do you mean? Well, I'm optimistic because things are bad. But at the same time, people recognize that they're bad now. For the longest time, we've had so many delusional people that live in their weird world that put on their blinders that think that the sky is red outside for whatever reason. When you ask him, what color is the sky? The sky is red. No, it's not. It's blue. You're racist. Like when we hear those arguments, like it really makes me feel very uncomfortable. It makes me question on what direction society is going. Because when we can't even understand or at least agree upon basic commonsensical principles in society. So the fact that the vast majority of Americans are even Democrats that are slowly starting to recognize it, they can't put on the happy face any longer. And recognizing we have to do something different, to me, that's encouraging because nothing is ever too broken to be fixed. And if you take anything away from this program at all, ever, we always, always show you that there's always a bright side. That if we lose something, it's not because we lost, but because we learned a lesson to where we can make it better next time to be able to win the election. Now, if we act upon it, that's another story or not, but at least we can recognize what's happening. And right now, yeah, things aren't the best. Yeah, you know what? It is kind of struggling out there. Yeah, people are suffering right now, and it's horrible, and that's not good news. But the fact that we're waking up to it and recognizing it means that now that we can swing the pendulum the other direction. When Donald Trump is winning right now in five of the major swing states across the nation for the election, when the Democrats right now are scrapping their entire platform for Joe Biden having to rebuild an entire new campaign from scratch, Less than a year out from the election, that means they're in scramble mode. They cannot put the fake smile on any longer. They cannot put the lipstick on the pig any longer and expect it to actually work and for people to be enticed by it. It's not working. They've done it for too long. They tried. They did things way too early is what, what it really came down to. If this was a conversation we were having in June next year, then I would be concerned because not enough people would buy into it. It takes a progression. It takes some time for people to actually recognize and catch on of what's really happening. So if this were the conversation we were having in June or July next year, I would say it doesn't really matter if they tried to scrap the policy because then we're just in campaign mode, just mudslinging and saying ridiculous random things that are complete lies that people will just buy. But right now, a year out, oh yeah, we're already to that point. We've already hit that BS mode. Our BS radar has already broken through the dial. And we can't fight it any longer. So now they have to rebuild from scratch. So to me, this is good news. Not good news in the sense that we're living it, but good news in the sense that we could actually start to do something to fix it right now. So I am encouraged by that. At the same time, let's continue down this road. When you talk about crime, for example, you can't deny the fact that crime has gone up. Maybe because of inflation, they try to blame it on guns. That's not working out either. That uh, campaign isn't really happening. But now we hear Secret Service agents that are having to protect Naomi Biden, the grandchild, with shots fired at an attempted vehicle break-in. When the young granddaughter of the President of the United States has to use Secret Service to fend off a car burglar, should be another sign. Because how many other people across the nation actually have Secret Service protection to fire back at a car burglar trying to break into your vehicle and steal it out from under you? Oh my gosh, like you can't make this stuff up. You can't write a play about how bad things are for Bidens right now. One hit 
after another after another that is devastating to the Democrat policies in general and Joe Biden himself for the entire Biden administration at a time when now Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's brothers all being subpoenaed from the House of Representatives for their investigation on major corruption cases and charges. Like, you can't make this up any longer. You couldn't make a worst-case scenario for the Biden family and for the Democrats as a whole. Beyond all of that, the big question remains... How will Republicans respond? How will conservatives respond to all of this news? Because we are still going through our own civil war right now. We're going through our own branding scheme, our own rebranding of the party. Will we take advantage of this? Will we let it play out and sit back and do nothing? Or will we go and find a way to sink lower, to take back the headlines, and to screw it up? Because we kind of have a tendency to do that as well. What a program for a Monday. Covered a lot of ground. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Back at it again tomorrow. Podcast up in just a little bit. We have a laundry list of things to get to throughout this week. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Be that catalyst for change. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.